Alrighty, welcome to Rational Radio here on Philadelphia's number one college radio station, WHIP. This is Evan, joined with Jenny. How are you doing today, Jenny? I'm good. How are you? I am just great. Um, you know, it's a hot day today. Yeah. It's the first day of fall, and it happens to be 90 degrees out. Yep. And I I don't know how I feel about that. It's pretty rude. It's it's, it's rude of Mother Earth yeah. uh, to do that. Um, but yeah, you know how day going well? Yeah, yeah. Just kind of, you know, getting into the Monday grind for the week. Got to, you know... I got a test on Friday, a paper on Friday, discussion post due at midnight tonight, so just got to get on that grind. Yeah, that's fun stuff. I Monday is kind of like my relaxation day because I don't have anything to do until 3, and I work on the weekends, so I, I, I kind of just hung out this morning, did a little I bit of wish. nothing, maybe did a few, uh, a few homework assignments, but mainly just hung out because, you know, that's just what I wanted to do. It was hot outside, didn't want to go out, so... See, I had 9 a.m., so that I was up terrible. bright and early at 7 a.m. <laughs> that sounds awful. On my way to class, you know, just grinding all day. Well, <laughs> that's how it is. That's what we signed up for, yep. unfortunately. Um, but we don't care about that because here nope. at WHIP on Rational Radio, we are all news all the time. And the first story, Jenny, would you want to take it away? Yes. So this first story is from actually the Washington Post. And so there's a Trump whistleblower um, scandal um, concerning Ukraine. So, if you didn't already hear, on Sunday, President Trump confirmed that he may have brought up the name of current Democratic presidential candidate and past Vice President Joe Biden during a phone call with the Ukrainian president. The story originally broke last Friday, and Trump confirmed yesterday that he did ask the Ukrainian president to investigate Biden and his son Hunter's business dealings with Ukrainian gas companies. Which is insane, by the way. If I may just interrupt really quick. Yeah. I don't know how Donald Trump is just so untouchable, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, <laughs> we, will, we, will, we will hit on that. So now, um, well, so Trump repeatedly had demanded a probe into Biden's business. However, a whistleblower alerted the intelligence community about the conversation that Trump did have with this foreign leader. Um, So now there are calls from Democrats and even some Republicans, as well as the media, um, to release an official transcript of the call between Trump and the Ukrainian president. And this incident also reiterates the conversation over President Trump's impeachment um, because it raises concerns over the fact that Trump tried to use his influence as president to gain access to possibly damaging information on Biden and his son. There is currently no evidence to support the claim that Biden interfered during the 2016 elections as vice president, which is what Trump was concerned with. Um, However, investigators have concluded that Russia, on the other hand, did interfere in 2016 on behalf of Trump. And Sunday, Rudy Giuliani, um, you know, to add insult to injury, um, who is Trump's personal lawyer, made a personal attack against Biden's son Hunter about his drug addiction, saying, quote, the kid unfortunately has is a drug addict, end quote. Um, So again, this incident raises questions about Trump's, quote, willingness to cooperate with a foreign country for his own political gain. That's a lot to unpack. It definitely does. Um, To me, it seems like, oh, if he's willing to do this now what else would he be of any have been any less willing to do this in the months or years leading up to the 2016 election yep yeah so my first question to you is um you know surface level do you think that investigation could be launched into biden and his son's businesses well um i didn't really have much time to read up on on the background of this particular Mm -hmm. story um but the uh 
connection between Hunter Biden and you know Ukraine as a whole is just kind of sketchy. I mean, it is. I, I mean, I I don't think it's pretty obvious. I'm a I'm a liberal. I I'm mm-hmm. like, I like Democratic yeah. Party, and uh, I think this just kind of shows that like there is no there's no one in politics that's squeaky clean. Yeah, and um, I think more what's more and more getting being um, important to for uh, not only. Uh, the the voters, but I think that like Department of Justice as well as other other um, branches of the government need to look into is campaign finance. Like where are people yep. getting this money? Like I, I don't understand. Like I I don't think that someone can just become a. I mean I've seen billionaire, but I mean that's mm-hmm. that's a lot. Um, become a billionaire, uh, and no one ask a question. It's just yeah. It's just puzzling. Yeah, the problem um, that I see, you know, I also am fairly liberal, um, but like you said, Evan, no politician is completely squeaky clean. Yeah, they all have records. Look at Crooked Hillary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, she has some issues as well. Um, but I think my problem here, uh, first and foremost, is the fact that this article, specifically from the Washington Post, it talked about how um, Biden and his son Hunter. Um, Hunter himself, he was on the board of, like, the board of trustees, I'm pretty sure, for a gas company that, you know, rakes in millions and billions of dollars. Um, And because he's on the board, you know, he makes a a decent amount of money. And also that him being on the board creates influence in, you know, the policies and um, the other types of, you know, actions that can come about from being that much influence into the gas uh, company. Well, that, I guess is a, such a major resource around the world. Yeah. Like, I mean, look what happened in uh, Saudi Arabia. That's that had such an impact on the on the whole market mm-hmm. of gasoline. Like, I mean, natural gas, yeah, um, oil, whatever it is. If it's going to give you energy, it's going to be profitable. It's yeah. going to be very lucrative business. Yeah, and you have these people that, whether they're politicians or not, it's just um like they they're going to have influence either way because they control the lo- like a large corporation that supplies uh, America with with oil you know mm-hmm. and it's I, mean, I think we all know how much America loves oil yeah and yeah th- they're kind of they're kind of like political leaders in in themselves mm-hmm. like you'll have like Saudi princes that yep. own oil empires that oh well we need to be on good terms with him so he gives us his oil at a good price and so he's willing to trade with us and just the fact that a uh, an American politician's son has been has been sat on the board of one of these ridiculously powerful um oil industries, corporations, pardon me, uh, is you know, quite alarming, mm-hmm. quite alarming. And I mean, Joe Biden was a former vice president. Like what influence has that company had over him? If they're giving the, his son millions or billions of dollars, right? someone owes somebody something. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's like Joe Biden. He's not in the dark to any of this. I mean, he's, no. we all know he's fairly aware of the influence yeah. and, you and have, the money. You kind of have to be, uh, I don't want to say scumbag, but I mean, like, you kind of have to be like a, like a scummy kind of yeah. gritty politician if you're going to be a good politician. You have to like, know what you're doing. Exactly. Like you're gonna, you're gonna be doing shady deals mm-hmm. to get what you need done, and it's not good. But it's it's what's going to happen. It's what we have to understand is the, um, 
like status quo of the of this modern era mm-hmm. uh, of politics, and I think even going so so far back to the foundation of America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now that we addressed the shadiness of that whole situation with Biden himself, how do you feel about President Trump making, you know, personal calls to the president of another country, trying to basically essentially dig up dirt to ruin Biden's career as he's now running for president. Well, it's one thing to to be running for president and to be contacting other countries and having whatever Joe Biden has going on Mm -hmm. go on. Um, But Joe Biden is not our president right now. Correct. And I think that the larger issue is you are willing to do you know, business, do a, a deal of some sort or whatever. You know, Donald Trump loves his deals mm-hmm, yeah. um, with a foreign power that does not probably have our best interests at heart. Um, I know Ukraine isn't big fans of Russia, but, you know, it's not it's not all that crazy to think mm-hmm. like, oh, Ukraine could influence America as well. Yeah. Uh, especially when it's over natural resources that we are in need of. Or like how are our tanks gonna run? How's our how's our um super, how's our military parade gonna get across Washington DC? Jeez. We need the oil. Yeah. Yeah, I think in general this just is alarming to me because clearly the United States and our leaders have um maybe not so coincidental um run-ins with these certain countries so russia as we've seen since 2016 and pre-2016 with the whole trump and hillary and the you know collusion fake news whatever that is and then just to have another um issue arise from that same general region i think is just very concerning um you know because like you said Ukraine, not the best terms, not on the best terms with Russia, but even that (laughs) could have, yeah, yeah, I mean, to simplify it, but I think even that could have so much influence in, you know, American policy. It's a former Soviet state, so, I mean, we can make assumptions about what, where their allegiance would lie, where the people's Mm -hmm. allegiance would lie, or maybe even where their uh, political leader's allegiance lies, because that's not always the same, especially, you know, in in an area like Ukraine with, with mm-hmm. the history they have. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, no, you're good. And I also just wanted to bring up like the hypocrisy of it from what I can see because clearly um, there are some shady stuff going on between Trump and Russia and Trump and all these other countries that he's trying to you know use his leverage to get either information or power or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, you know, from 2016 up until even now, sometimes you'll still hear like "lock her up" with Hillary or oh, like they, anything like that. Anything the, uh, like that. I just, yeah. And I just feel like it's such a, it's so hypocritical because, like you said earlier on, no politician is squeaky clean. They all have their issues, and I feel like in order to participate in politics, you need to be aware of that up front. Yeah. But even then, I feel like. It's kind of a, it's kind of picking like a lesser of two evils. Yes. Like which one's worse? <clears throat> well, uh, I don't know. I can, I, I bet you there's a lot of people that voted for Hillary Clinton because they did not want to vote for Donald Trump. Yeah. And I think that there are plenty of people that would say that they voted for Trump because they didn't want to mm, vote for Hillary. For Hillary. Um, it just, I, I suppose it just depends on on what your your preference is. Yeah. At that point, but I think the um, the issue is. Like, I don't think anyone that has a 
brain, based on this <laughs> this information here, can can deny that that Donald Trump is definitely willing to cooperate with foreign powers. He said it about Russia. Yep. He said it about Ukraine. Like, I don't. Mm-hmm. We just we just don't have any. You know, Republican politicians, especially because they do control the Senate. I, mm-hmm. I believe, I'm pretty yeah, sure the Senate. Yeah, they, they control the, the Senate. Democrats control the House. Um, to like call him out. Yeah, to like hold him accountable. You got to hold Donald Trump accountable. Yeah, like you can see it. Like they are just spineless. You'll see the th- the awful things that Donald Trump said about Ted Cruz and Ted Cruz's oh. wife during oh the campaign. God. Yeah, just the just the terrible nasty. Yeah, just playground things that you just yeah. wouldn't expect to hear at a presidential yeah. debate or, pre- or or someone that's running mm-hmm. for presidency. And then uh, midterms come and Ted Cruz is kissing the ring, begging Donnie to come endorse him. <gasps> like it's yeah. you're spineless and yeah. you can't stand up for something that you think is wrong. You yeah, know, like even even Mitt Romney spoke out against Donald Trump. You know, and that says a lot. That says a lot because you know he's a, he's a money grabber too. Yeah. But, uh, what politician is it? I don't want to alienate yeah. one side. <laughs> but but still, it's yeah. Ugh, I so, just, it just upsets me. Yeah. So moving because because you mentioned you know the elections, um, do you think that this incident will cause more issues between candidates during the 2020 campaign trail? I think a lot of the core voters uh, for the like Republican, a lot of Republican core voters are going to use this as ammunition to throw at Joe Biden. And I mm-hmm. think that you're going to see that a lot of Democrats are going to probably agree because I think if if you're going to legitimately say uh, and and hold um, Donald Trump at this um, accountable for the things that he has allegedly. Well, officially, allegedly done, but I think it's kind of like an OJ thing. We all know he did it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, accountable, they're going to have to take a look at themselves and say, look, Joe Biden, like, uh, I can't, you can't forgive forgive that. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, I like Joe Biden. I think Joe Biden's great. My sister loves Joe Biden. Interesting. So, okay. like, I know. She, I, she would have, my friend Noah actually has a Joe Biden throw pillow. Wow. I know. Dedication. He talks about it all the time. Dedication. <laughs> but... I just like once someone is like colluding, mm-hmm. uh, or I would I would I would classify this as collusion. I'm sure there's a definition that I'm not sticking to, but I mean, yeah. personally I would. Um, it follows the same pattern that yeah. we've seen, you know, pre 2016. I don't want a Russian elected Republican in office, and I sure as hell don't want a Russian Democrat in yeah. office right now. And yeah. on that note, we're gonna take it to a talk break. Not a talk break. That's what we're on right now. A commercial break. So please stay with us and we will be right back. Check out this clip from this semester on WHIP. Yo, yo, yo. Back here, Philly's number one college radio station, WHIP. 215-204-9449 is the number if you want to call and hang with us. Zach Gelb, Haley Condon, and John Henry, the captain of the ship. Here <laughs> with you. see that. Darren Bartholomew, I was told, is in studio yeah. with us. Darren, what's happening, my friend? How's it going, everyone? I'm running to be your student body president on the ticket, Temple United. Thanks for having me today. Well, no problem. And um, we don't usually do that much politics on this show, besides when it was the elections. And I told (laughs) you are a big Republican. And I'm not a Republican. I I lean more towards democratically, but I'm like in the middle. I vote for the person that's best to win. So I'm not going to hold that against you or anything. And your Mitt Romney love, like John was telling me about I I didn't like Mitt 
And we are back. Hello. Welcome back to Rational Radio here on Philly's number one college radio station, WHIP. Don't forget it. Here we are. Yep. I don't know if you can tell how rehearsed that was. <laughs> pretty good. That was pretty good. Yes. Anyway, we're going right back into the news. Um, and this is a story coming from NPR about uh, Iran. You can guess about what. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll find out in a minute. So... Uh, Iran's forward minister, uh, Mohammad Javed Zarif, says his country will not succumb to the economic pressure by the Trump administration. He says, quote, we are resisting an unprovoked aggression by the United States and that the United States should abandon the illusion that Iran can be defeated by pressure, end quote. On Friday, the United States announced new sanctions against Iran in response to the September 14th attacks on oil facilities in Saudi Arabia. Responsibility to the for the attack was claimed by the Houthi rebels in Yemen, but uh, the U.S. and Saudi Arabia hold Iran responsible. Um, and this is because it's been said by Saudi officials that there are Iranians in Saudi Arabia uh, advising Houthi, Houthi rebels. So I guess you can kind of try and pass off the blame to uh, Iran there. You know, if the U.S. was backing a terrorist force, I'm sure Russia, per se, would hold the U.S. Yeah. responsible or Iran, you know vice versa. Uh, Anyway, uh, Zarif warned last week that if the U.S. or Saudi Arabia hit back militarily, or not back per se, but hit militarily at Iran, it would lead to all-out war. And that's a quote, all-out war. So that's kind of scary, especially being someone of draft age. (laughs) And um, nuclear weapons. And nuclear weapons. Yes. Sounds awful. Um, He did, however, say that Iran would be willing to participate in an impartial international investigation. Um probably conducted by the U.N. Tensions escalated after Trump pulled out of the 2015 nuclear deal in an attempt to renegotiate the terms last year. Um, The administration wants Iran to renegotiate the nuclear deal, uh, but Iran's uh, supreme supreme leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, has ruled out talks with the U.S. unless Washington returns to the deal. Um, Last week, uh, Zarif uh, accused U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo of trying to dodge issuing visas for the Iranian delegation to attend the U.N. General Assembly. As the United Nations host country, the U.S. is obligated to issue visas for the U.N. Uh, for official U.S. Bi- U.N. business, pardon me. Um, and so both uh, Zarif and Rouhani were uh, issued visas on Thursday. So there was a little bit of a delay there. Um, so Iran seems pretty hostile. Not going to lie. Mm-hmm. But they also kind of seem willing to work with the U.N., which is good because, I mean, it's not directly with the U.S., but it could it could kind of mediate it better. Um, so they'll work with the U.N. to impartially investigate the Saudi oil attack, but it also seems um, like the U.S. I mean, I'm kind of biased. I, I think the U.S. is in the right, but it also seems like the U.S. hasn't really played ball, you know. Yeah. Trump pulled out of this nuclear deal, which some may say it wasn't the best deal for America, mm-hmm. but I think... The, the goal of the deal was to, you know, scale down Iran's nuclear yeah. arsenal, which may not be, like, like the terms and specifics may not have been amazing if you yeah. uh, are of that thought, but, I mean, I think anything's better than Iran having nuclear weapons, especially how much they hate us, especially right now. Yes. Um, yes, I agree. Uh, but... This might be a little of a controversial question, but can you blame Iran for being so hostile? I mean, the U.S. De- definitely has been a little... Like, the U.S. kind of started... I mean, the, the U- Iran has not been friendly with the U.S. by any means, right. but the U.S. was kind of like, look, we're taking... We're, we're backing out of this deal that we agreed on th- two years ago, and then, you know. Yeah, I mean, I... 
at first glance, I mean, there's clearly a lot to unpack. Um, but at first glance, I understand why Iran is so hostile because, as we know, our current president is very trigger happy. And I feel like, you know, he, Trump especially, will use any attempt um, to further his military agenda. And I don't blame Iran for being, like, on the defense, you know, about, like, whoa, like, chill. It wasn't us. I mean, that's still obviously debated. And it's it's also helpful that Iran is willing to work with the UN um, to get to the bottom of what really happened because clearly we we still aren't sure, you know. Mm. The United States speculates that it's Iran. Iran says it's the Houthi rebels. So it's kind of he said, she said. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Iran is known to back, like, the yes. Houthi rebels. Yes, Like, it's, I mean, there have been, I watched a thing. It's not uh, far-fetched. Yeah, I mean, there's. I've watched a thing on uh, the BBC today about, uh, and it was a Saudi official, so, I mean, if they really wanted to, you know, manipulate the narrative, they could lie. But, yeah. I mean, it, there are definitely interests for Iran to you know, be backing this rebel group, it's kind of like a remote way for them to take military action with mm-hmm. some plausible deniability, which yeah. is which is good for them. Not I mean, not for us. Yeah. Um, and I also noticed that I mean, the Ayatollah, who was the supreme leader in Iran, uh, said like they they will just want to return to the deal. They want to return to the other deal, um, which it seems like like the U.S. wants to renegotiate. So why did we have to just completely back out of the deal with no solution in sight? Right. It seems kind of Brexity. You know, like we're just going to do it with no, like we just want it to happen, so we're going to make it happen. We're not going to think about the long run, you know. And yeah. I think when you're leading a country, especially like a world superpower, if not the mm-hmm. world superpower, um, that has nuclear at least historically, weapons. Yeah, you, you kind of gotta <laughs> have a level head, yeah. which our president doesn't. But yeah, you, you gotta be able to be like, okay, look, we wanna, you wanna keep the deal, we wanna renegotiate the deal. Mm-hmm. Let's just keep the deal on for now, and we'll meet for negotiations, see what's up. I mean, I, I, I guess that probably Iran wouldn't have agreed to anything. Right, but, but it's it was the, it's the principle of it. Yeah, it's like you don't want to show up, you don't want to you're only going to get you're only going to get an aggressive response if you if you act aggressively if you first. Act aggressively first. Yeah. Now, there is a history between the United States and Iran, you know, it's kind of hard a to long point, history. point yes. a, a finger here because things are let's just like saying, "Oh, Russia started it." Well, it's been in the making for a while. Yeah, you know? yeah. Russia did barricade, you know, Berlin and such, but but that's a, that's a, that's a uh, thing for a different radio show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, how do you think the United States should have handled the renegotiation of the deal? Like, and what I would, I think that initially, it would have been smart to just keep the deal as it was, and then, you know, do re- renegotiations simultaneously while we were still a part of the old deal, because there was no point, in my opinion, stepping out of the old deal before having a new one set because now you have this like weird gray period where like there's no negotiation so like you know every man for himself pumping out nuclear yeah it it really is every man for himself at this point so like i feel like there could have been this could have been slightly avoided if the united Mm -hmm. states kept their old deal while still at the same time negotiating something different now i think that is fair but i also think that if iran i looked up the uh I was doing a little research on the Houthi rebels, and Iran does. I mean, yeah, we we know they back them. But yeah. I was looking I mean, at their like an, their slogan, and ooh. it was like, uh, let me find it really quickly. It's right here. It's 
uh, God is great, death to the U.S., death to Israel, curse the Jews, and victory for Islam. Great. Yeah. Great. Um, when you, like, when you back a group that has death to the U.S. <laughs> in your, and then death to Israel, who, you know, the U.S. The U.S. Israel, backs. Yeah. 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 Like, you kind of, you kind of stay, you stay where your loyalties lie. Yeah. 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 Arendt is clearly not a fan. Yes. Not a fan. Yes. It, wow, that. <laughs> just that, saying, death that, of the U.S., curse the Jews. Just wrap them all in. Nice. Just yeah, that's that's honestly like, it just the whole situation is just like insane to me. Like especially because this same you know sort of issue happened in the '90s and the you know. You seen Argo? Yeah, oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! That's <laughs> that's a crazy movie. Yeah, yes, it is a crazy and movie. I just feel like you know we are repeating the same mistakes over and over and over again and it's all over the same stuff it's all over oil yeah. and i think it personally it's very terrifying yeah. how zarif you know warned a quote all out all war. war and <sighs> when you hear all war in my head i'm thinking okay nuclear weapons yeah like we're gonna be nuked <laughs> we're gonna be like yeah yeah i i would just i would not want to be an embassy worker in mm. iran right now no not <laughs> at all not at all um, or even in saudi arabia yeah for that matter one. um but do you think we should deploy troops to Saudi Arabia? I know that that was definitely getting discussed um, yeah. by our executive. I do not think we should because as it is, we already have too many troops over in the Middle East. And I feel like there would be, it would just be not only spreading our resources more thin, it would be adding, you know, more money that we would need into the budget for the military. And you're putting American lives at risk for what? Yeah. And then once, and once one American life is taken... Uh, yeah, the U.S. is gonna lock and load and yeah. go. Like if we can, if we can think back to the Spanish-American War, the USS Maine, the once the they, the United States was just looking for a reason. Oh yeah. To get into a conflict. Oh yeah. And the Maine, I mean, uh, it's it's generally believed that it was just a fire and that Spain didn't actually sink the Maine. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like a false flag sort of deal. Mm. Uh, not that I would say that that would happen now. <laughs> you never know, though. Yeah. You huh? never know. You never know. Always be skeptical, but um, uh. I just think that once once there are troops there, one one IED attack, one this yeah. by the Houthi rebels even, yeah. and if we're holding the Houthi rebels accountable for just as accountable oil, as Iran, yeah, yeah, just as accountable as Iran, what what the heck's gonna happen? Are yeah. we gonna go do an airstrike on the Houthi rebels and Iran's gonna get mad and then they're gonna attack us and then, uh oh, yeah, we're I've, in war. I feel like you bring up a really good point about how especially United States military with how much firepower we have, mm. not only with nuclear weapons, but also our just like arsenal of everything, like our Navy, our, you know, Army, Air Force, all of the, you know, all of them. I just feel like they, in a way, especially, you know, the higher up in the military, I feel like they're just looking for a reason to use the arsenal. Mm. Like, and like you said, you know, once the first American life is, you know, taken mm-hmm. and the first American blood is spilled all bets are off yeah you know and I feel like in a way the Trump administration and the military as a whole is kind of using you know average American lives just to as play in a, in a war that you know it just it doesn't make sense to me and because how you mentioned you know you are in draft age yeah like that so are there, you, yeah but I, like that's what I mean are like you registered there, for the draft Jenny there there's just so many people Mm. That would be taken. That would just. What is it? World I mean, War Two all over again? I think you know. 
I I did mention you know I, like oh I don't want to be drafted but I at this we have a a large large standing military and yes. I the the unless it's really crazy the likelihood like, the like the people would would not stand for a draft like yeah, I no. don't think. I, I know my mom would be right up front. Yeah. She would oh not, yeah. She would no. not let anyone take her, yeah. her kids to go fight a point a war that was pointless. Yeah. You know. So, I and I wouldn't want to fight in a war over oil. Yeah. Uh, I'd just be like I just you're, wanna, you're just a pawn in someone's I'm just, game. I'm just trying to get this degree. Yeah. You know? I'm just trying to work in a news studio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's just that's that that's just. A situation that we just have to keep an eye on. We're gonna have to yeah. we'll probably hear about us we talking about Iran it. more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just think that it's important that we understand um, our history. Yeah, um, and the importance and, of what this means for not only now but for the future. Yeah, and, and who else gets involved when the United States goes to war? Because I mean, I'm not gonna say that the the rest of United States allies are gonna get dragged into this because well, well I think that. Like if 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 like another country like the UK or France mm-hmm. or, or whatever gets involved or, or yeah. another large country gets involved, then that that takes an escalation. That's escalated, and yeah. and that that provides that these countries are willing to to go to war, you mm-hmm. know? and and I just don't want like a global conflict. But it seems like nowadays it's gonna be it's unavoidable. It's very it seems very unavoidable. Yeah, because once the United States like if I was England, I'd be like, well, once the US is nuked. If, if yeah, when, if you know, yeah, what what what's who's next? Into what, yeah, who's next? Mm-hmm. What what like bastion of of Western culture are they gonna hate next? Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, and, and I'm not trying to sound like a, I don't know. I feel like bad, like Western culture like that just sounds like very sounds like, very like conservative. Yeah, but I'm not trying. I'm not trying to say like you bring up a good point. Yeah, like I mean, the like this group, the Houthi rebels, seems to hold these beliefs. Yeah, uh, destroy the U.S., destroy Israel. They're I, not the only yeah. ones. I mean, we They're got ISIS. Ones. Clearly, don't like the United States in the West, <laughs> and not not our biggest fan. No, ISIS is not as we've as we've known, and also you know Russia, not our biggest fan. Rus- and, um, yeah. we have beef with China, economically, so. Who yeah. who China's and scary. and North Korea hates everybody, so you still got North Korea has nuclear weapons yeah. and who's to say that at all? Or North Korea's like, well, all right, well, here's a chance. Yeah, here's you know, I, I don't like any of you, so <laughs> I don't know the uh, exact geopolitical relationship between Iran and North Korea. I think it, I think Russia would have to be involved somehow for North Korea. I agree. In, I but, agree. Um, yeah, that's a. Uh, that is, I guess, something we'll just have to yeah. see to develop. We just set up a real grim future for ourselves. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, hey, we're just speculating. This is a this yes. is a talk show. Yes. Uh, we could be totally wrong, and hopefully, we I are. hopefully, or um, I hope. Yeah, I hopefully maybe. <laughs> um, anyway, you can think about all those happy thoughts on this uh, music break. We will be right back in five minutes. Enjoy. Alrighty, we are back. Sorry we couldn't finish that song. We'll we'll get you with a good one on the <laughs> way out. Um, but yeah, so here we are, back on the final story of the day. Jenny, do you want me to take this one or do you want to do it? Um, I can do it. All right, great, because yep. I haven't read it over. Okay, <laughs> okay. So this is coming at you from U.S. News and World Report. Um, so Greta Thunberg files a complaint against the United Nations. So if you don't know Greta Thunberg, she's a 16-year-old climate activist, and her and other 15 teenagers stood before the United Nations in New York City today and expressed, and she expressed her anger and concern for the future of our planet. She said, quote, you have stolen my dreams, my childhood, with your empty words, end quote. 
Thunberg, along with 15 other young people, submitted a complaint to United Nations over human rights violations. The complaint claims that Germany, France, Brazil, Argentina, and Turkey have failed to uphold human rights standards concerning the climate crisis. The complaint also calls on countries to take binding action to combat against the climate, the global climate crisis. Greta Thunberg, if you're not familiar with her, she is a leader. She is the leader in a now global youth movement called, quote, Fridays for Freedom, which advocates school-aged children to participate in walkouts on Fridays to, pro- to protest for the future of our climate. Thunberg's argument is that if the Earth does not survive over the next 40 or 50 years, there's no point in studying for a future that these children will never have. That's so, true. I mean, she's not wrong. That's true. She's not wrong. You got to look at it. I'm doing my essay. <laughs> I wish that could be an excuse. <laughs> I wish. Um, so, my question to you, first off, when I you know read this article, do you think countries should be legally held accountable to help the climate crisis? Well, I mean, you can, you can say that they're accountable all you want. I mm-hmm. mean, how are you going to hold them accountable? Yeah. Like, how are you enforcing it? Yeah. Like, yeah. what? Are we going to... We're gonna say, oh well. She doesn't make any. She doesn't make any claims as to how they could enforce it, um, like legally. Um, She has given a lot of different sanctions. Yeah. Can enforce it with sanctions. Yeah. Bam. Well, they also (laughs) could be like, I'm too rich. Whatever. I don't care. I'll just pay it. Well, I mean, that's easier said than done, especially for. I agree. uh, Like, I don't know how much. I mean. Like imagine Greece has to pay a giant. <laughs> yeah, a they giant don't. Fund. They don't have any money to begin with, so <clears throat> yeah, they couldn't I mean, pay I'm sure it. They're good now. I just know recently they're not. They they weren't great. Yeah, so. I've kept on too much of, about Greece's economy, <laughs> but um, um, I know it's not been great. <laughs> in this article, she also says, "quote People are suffering. People are dying. Entire ecosystems are collapsing. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction. And all you talk about is money and fairy tales of eternal economic growth." And then she says, how dare you? Yeah, well, that's that's the big issue. I mean, yeah. uh, we all have the ability and the common sense to say, hey, we can't make money if the planet's not here. Mm-hmm. However, you know, there are, there are these executives who are, you know, older. You know, you don't just walk <laughs> right into an executive position normally. Yeah. Normally. So you've got, exec- we could call it like 45, 50. Yeah. They don't care. No. They're about their money right now. Yeah. And that's... That's how it, I mean, that's selfish. I can't say that if I were in their position that I would not be the same. Like, it'd be mm-hmm. difficult to be like, look, like, I've been doing this like this the whole time. Yeah, it's a little hot, but I'm a millionaire and I'm going to be dead before that happens. So why do I care? Yeah. Uh, especially if they don't have kids. That's true. Uh, yeah. But it is upsetting that we have those same people mm-hmm. uh, lobbying against climate like legislation yeah um it's just as so i mean we've always pardon me gone through school and been taught about climate change yeah at least i have and i know I, mean, I have I'm, to I'm, yeah i'm sure we're, we're from like a similar type mm-hmm. of town so like I, I, w- I would assume the same uh and i just know every time i was taught about it i'd be like well okay so we know what the problem is why are we not fixing it why can't we just fix this issue yeah uh, why aren't we taking steps and they're like oh well we've got this paris accord that's gonna help us reduce carbon emissions by this percentage which is gonna you know lower the temperature increase by 1.5 degrees celsius so we'll be good by 2030 but Last semester, not last semester, two semesters ago, last year, I was working on one of the first crackdowns with mm. Tony Pearson. Oh, Tony. Proud WHIP alumni. Yes. Shout out Tony Pearson. <laughs> um, 
And he was like, yeah, so remember how we were talking about that uh, climate thing that we're going to meet this goal and it's going to be good? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, that is so just not going to happen. And here's why. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. And if you want, you can go back and reference that crackdown and watch it if you'd like. Great content there. Yep. Um, so it's just we, we've had our wake-up call and then we've mm-hmm. had another wake-up call as – not only a country, but as as a planet, yeah. We like the Amazon was on fire. Oh my god! You know, gosh, we had yeah. the we had the wildfires. We have the hurricanes that mm-hmm. are destroying our tropical islands. Like yeah. the it's it's it just shows how much more people care about money and commerce mm-hmm. than they do about the um, their fellow like. Humans. Humans. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point because we've been fighting this effort, not we, because I mean, I wasn't alive in the 70s, but this whole climate change and climate movement has been going on since 1970s and that's when it really started to take ground and people are like okay yeah let's get rid of styrofoam or um the the CFCs in like those um like cans like shaving cream cans and things like that yeah and like aerosol yeah aerosol cans aerosol cans so like they're like, okay like let's ban aerosol cans so we can re- repair the hole in the ozone okay yeah we did that cool but now like our our planet is literally going to die yeah. and i just feel like this whole movement has been you know 40 50 years in the making mm-hmm. and for what there has yeah. been no improvements if anything i mean we all know that it's been getting worse and you know my question to you is do you think that greta's movement will really make a difference now today because we've seen these similar movements since the 70s yes i think it will because uh i think it shows the gravity of the situation mm-hmm. like like we need to be concerned about it and like th- i think this generation and i think ours included i think we might have a little bit of a we probably have, have maybe like maybe 60 40 for the for the pro, you know, yeah, movement. yeah, I but, agree. Um, I think with this next generation, it's really coming out hard, and I think mm-hmm. that people like Greta uh, Thunberg, correct? Yes, Thunberg, uh, are going to really make people that have ignored it for so long feel like idiots. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, I think, I think, she, I think she can make a difference. I think, I think, literally. Any one of us can make a difference. We just have to practice what we preach. Yeah. We have to go out. And we have to, we have to tell you know our business owners that don't you know about like aren't climate conscious that we're not going to shop there because we care about our future. Yeah. And I know you're 80 making your money with your own small <laughs> business, or you own three franchises of Taco Bell, or whatnot, or you or own you own Walmart. Yeah, something like anything. Yeah. Uh, and we we have to take responsibility for our own future. It's it's easy to say, it's easy for us to do this to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But are you gonna go and and hop in like your lifted pickup truck with your your giant mm-hmm. uh, exhaust spewing black yeah. smoke in the air? Because because you think it's, it's cool. cool? Mm-hmm. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you're in the city now. No one cares. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just, and we got rid of. I've seen plenty of them. I know. We've gotten rid of so many great things because of climate change, like the the aerosol cans. Yeah. So convenient. Mm-hmm. But they hurt the climate. They're bad. We can't have them. Yeah. The McDLT. You probably, we probably, we don't, very, very few people our age know what a 
McDLT is. Do you know what McDLT is? I do not know what that is. No, so it was what a is styrofoam that? container that had like two sides. Okay. The burger was hot in the one side. Okay. And then the other side was your bun, lettuce, tomato. So and it was cold. So then you would take it and you'd like. Flip so it, it over, didn't get okay. so it didn't get like soggy, soggy and it wow. would be fresh and it would be cold. Interesting. And yeah, uh, those don't exist anymore because, because of the CFCs the uh, caused by the styrofoam that they mm-hmm. used. So I don't know why we can't. And like I'm probably not gonna stop eating meat, but I don't. I think there's a way to. There are like you can do more like farm to table things. Yeah, you can. There are ways to do it, and if you care and if you try, you can do it. And, and I'm not saying that I am the best at it. I certainly do most of the things, but sometimes I'm just, I just got to go to Panda Express to get lunch, or I got to yeah. go to this, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, as, as we become As we become adults and as we become more free to make our... Choices. Yeah, we can diversify where we get our food mm-hmm. and diversify how we live our lives. It's going to make a bigger impact, and I think that it's really on us as kind of the rising adults and decision makers in the world to make that our responsibility. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. Thank you. Um, The only point is like my biggest problem is that, you know, of course, each person in the world could do their part, you know, save the turtles, save the bees, stop using plastic. But I feel like until us as human beings on a one shared planet really, um, you know, hold the leaders accountable because we all know China has a huge trash problem. Yeah. The United States not the best at it either. You know, the, the Pacific garbage patch. Yeah. Have you seen it? It's like ten miles long. It's huge. And you know, international agribusiness. Mm-hmm. You know, with all of the methane that um, cattle produce, and even cattle grazing. You have to plant um, grass for the cattle to eat, and then you have to. Um, slaughter the cattle. It's a, it's a whole process, and I feel like you know, of course, on an individual, fun, yeah. yeah, of course, on an individual level, we can all do our part. But until we hold the highest people in our world accountable, there can only be so much restored. Yeah. And I think that also, the reason people, there are people like myself that you know recycle, use those paper straws, do mm-hmm. do their little things here and there, um, but but still eat meat or fast food and things like that. Like, I'm never going to not eat meat. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to not eat meat. But um, if it were easier to not eat meat, it'd be yeah. better. That's where government legislation comes in and helps. Yeah. That's where having our tax dollars uh, go to things to make, like, our environment better like a city tax dollars like like near broad street there are a lot of trash cans so there's not a lot of trash near mm-hmm. broad street i mean there still is a lot of trash but there's not as much trash you go off broad street more those trash cans become fewer and fewer oh yeah and you see blocks where like it's just trash on my street yeah on my street because i live Great, everyone's gonna find out where I live. But yeah. I live on 18th Street. I'll give and you the address if you do. <laughs> yeah, just come come show up. No, but on I live on 18th Street, and that's kind of where you know Temple's campus kind of um, merges with yeah, a lot of, of the local residents. Yeah. And even even on 18th, and when I walk to when I walk towards campus every day, there's just so much trash filling the street that I sometimes have to walk into the street because I've done that it's, too. it's just so bad, you know, and the, there's rats, the smell of it. Oh yeah. There's just rotting food, um, you know, un, 
you know, plastic and paper and things like that that doesn't mm-hmm. decompose. So it just yeah, sits well, there and rots and, you know, mm-hmm. animals and flies. It's just, it's not a good situation. Yeah, well, I mean, the paper will decompose and, like, yeah. your, your plastic and such won't. Eventually. I mean, even though, but it wears, it's just going to decompose on top of concrete and then yeah. get washed into our water. It's and, and yes. so is the plastic. Yes. It's gonna decompose and there's gonna be microbeads in the water and you're gonna die. There's gonna be styrofoam in your water. Don't drink the die. Philadelphia yeah. water. Filter good, it. Get yeah, a uh, A good family friend of mine is a uh, like a marine biologist oh. and she was showing on her Instagram story how styrofoam breaks down and is just embed like it was just styrofoam in seagrass and in water that like it's so tiny, it's so hard you can't get it out and, and that's you just Fish just eat it. that. Animals eat that. We eat those animals. Yep. It's inside us. Mm-hmm. And it's not... We just need to... We just need to not say someone else will do it. Because yeah. we need everyone to, to mm-hmm. do it. And, and you don't need to go full, you know, I'm not going to eat meat. I'm going to only compost and everything. Like, no one's expecting you to do that. But... But they're expecting you to use your voice and to and to tell the people that you know make legislation and the the local governments that do provide those trash cans and recycling bins to to put them where you yeah. know we need them. We don't need I I don't need trash cans just for Temple's campus and mm-hmm. Temple's residents. All right, yeah, maybe because that's a high you know that's that makes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I wanna we need to worry about the people that live on like. 37th in Baltimore or or 33rd in York you know like we all have the same econo- uh, not economic um, environmental impact yeah just because I am a middle class white kid that goes to <laughs> Temple and the and the, someone that lives on 33rd in York is uh, a low income black man or black mm-hmm. woman doesn't mean that they don't have an impact on their environment. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that their place, their area of where they live needs to have trash all over mm-hmm. it. Because that doesn't only just hurt them, but it also hurts the environment, which, if we bring it full circle, is that's it's what matters to yeah. the most. And we all live there, so we all have to do our part. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. Huh, that was quite the show today. Yes, that, that was, was a lot. That was a good show. Yes. I think we did well just for two people. I think we. Yeah. I was a little nervous. Yeah. I was a little nervous going on. You can ask anyone on the uh, news team. I was, I was begging someone <laughs> yeah. else to come on. Yeah. Mainly because I can't stand Jenny. Oh, much, you but. know, it, and it comes out. <laughs> yeah, and it's you out. Know it happens. It happens. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, make sure you check out our podcasts on our website. We are also going to be dropping some episodes of our weekly news crackdown yes. this week. So please uh, go check those out. We work very hard on those and mm-hmm. uh, we produce some great stuff there. Yeah. Uh, Jenny, anything to add? Um, I will be writing some articles for that crackdown, so stay tuned for that. And I will also be on Rational Radio on Friday. Yep. So and you can catch me there. I will be on The District on Friday. And make sure you check out our social media at WHIP Radio on all platforms. Yep. You guys have a great rest of your Monday.